Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I am Haley, and we are joined by our, gosh, our like actual podcast crew, Miguel and Charlie. It has been a minute since we've all been together. I have been off for the last month. Monday was my first day back, actually sitting in my office chair, and Charlie was also out on sabbatical. And what, you came back last week? The week before, I think. Yeah. But I still feel like I only just got back and I'm catching up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. So I'm like day three, still in the trenches a little bit. I was saying earlier that I forgot what the little slack ding sounds like, you know, the little ding, ding, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's lovely to have forgotten that. <laughs> that was, uh, brought me a lot of joy or not. Anyways. So one thing that's new for me, for those of you guys that watch online, I got on a call yesterday with Miguel. We were talking actually about this podcast and some of our content plans for the future. And for those of you guys that are joining or actually watch, watch this live, you notice that Miguel has facial hair. That was new for me. You know, that was something I came back to a Miguel beard. Really? Sorry. I love it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) And for all our audio listeners, what more reason do you need to come on over and watch live on YouTube? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because Miguel now has a beard. Yeah. Tune in for our makeovers that we have (laughs) from time to time. I loved it. Well, why don't we get started with uh, Have You Heard? Miguel, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about TikTok. So... I have a lot to say on TikTok, but today we'll keep it just on this piece of news. So apparently they're launching a new, quote, order center, which is like an e-commerce hub with certain users. It's something that they've had a lot of success with in China. As you may or may not know, the company ByteDance, which owns TikTok, is a Chinese company. So TikTok is essentially beholden to a Chinese company. And TikTok in China has a really successful e-commerce side to it. And they're trying to pilot that over here in the United States. So they're letting you track any products, not only that you've purchased, but also that you've looked at or even may potentially be interested in. So you can track things that you haven't even seen yet, which I thought was interesting. It's like kind of like a, you know, you could, if you want to go out and look for it, instead of being served something you might potentially want to buy, they'll serve you things that, you can go out and look for the things that TikTok thinks that you would like, probably with with eerie accuracy. Probably. Mm. So, you know, go to that uh, buyer beware. You might go broke <laughs> considering how addictive TikTok is. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Mine, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I've kind of been checked out for a month or so. And so I don't have a lot of insight into the details here, but I know this is important. So the kind of gist here is go look it up yourself. <laughs> but YouTube just launched. <laughs> That's YouTube. what people come here for. Not for our hot takes, but just for homework. But for homework. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube launched um, a new updated editing UI to help creators move into shorts. So basically what they did is now, instead of having to create a short itself, you can actually make a short out of old content that you already have uploaded in a longer form content, which is great. It's just a hack, like a time-saving hack, um, but then allows you to like really quickly get into the shorts. I know Charlie does shorts quite a bit. So I think it was released maybe last week or something like that. So if you are on YouTube, maybe go check that out. If you are interested in trying out 
some more short content. I feel skeptical about this because my approach to shorts in the past has been to like cut down segments of a longer video mm-hmm. to like trim out a segment, edit it myself to make a short. And I've never been able to just like scan through the timeline of the video and be like, boom, there's a perfect minute that would be really valuable on its own. It would make sense from start to the end without me having to pull in anything else or like trim anything out from the middle. Mm -hmm. I guess I need to try this before I judge it. But from my experience of editing down my long form content into shorts already, I'm skeptical as if this is going to be useful for me. All right, so TBD. Maybe I'm making videos wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) TBD, friends, TBD. My Have You Heard is also YouTube related. Have you two heard of Mr. Beast? Yes, I have. Okay, just checking how like mainstream he'd gone. I had a feeling it was was quite a ways from people who don't constantly hang out on YouTube like I do. I think Mr. Beast is really interesting because he comes across as a single creator, right? And you often see his team in videos, but I recently somehow stumbled across his careers page because he has one, which first of all blew my (laughs) mind. And it just showed me like, it made me rethink the scale at which this operation is running, right? Mm -hmm. Right now he has 23 open roles across a few different I don't know, teams within a team, like there's the Mr. Beast team, then there's Mr. Beast Gaming, then there's Mr. Beast Reacts. There's all these different sections to his business and he's saying editors and producers and all of this. And I don't know, it just made me think about or like wonder how many other of the larger creators I follow, how big are their teams really behind what they're doing? Because it comes across as right. a, low, a smaller scale operation than I think it is oftentimes. Yeah, I... Uh... It's crazy. 23 open roles. Yeah. So who knows how big the team itself is, like who's on it already. Did you take a look at what the roles were? Mm-hmm. Video editor, personal assistant. There's a private chef <laughs> they're trying to hire for. Are you shitting me? <laughs> a staff accountant, <laughs> prop and set fabrication lead. There's a lot of variation on there. They're a full ass production team. Jesus. Yep, exactly. Mm. Dang. I love it. So they're not uh, flying by the seat of their pants anymore. They've got a full team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Well, let's move on to the main topic today. This is going to be a kind of a free flowing conversation that I'm both really excited to have. It doesn't, I don't have a bunch of like quotes or data on this. This is just going to be a conversation about the importance that it is. And we have talked about this before. So I want to preface this. We've talked about this before, but kind of along the same lines of, of burnout, but the importance of taking a break as a creator. And I wanted to talk about this today because it's incredibly relevant for both Charlie and I and Miguel soon enough, because he's going to take his upcoming year probably in the next, within the next year. But we just returned back from our sabbaticals and we got four weeks off, paid four weeks off of paid vacation. And we were able to truly check out and I know that it did wonders for me. And Charlie and I actually have not had the chance to reconnect, to connect yet or talk yet since we've been back because we've been just kind of, you know, getting back into the groove of things. But I I really wanted to have this conversation because it's so relevant to us right now. So we're going to talk about the importance that it is to take a break as a creator, sabbaticals, what they're for, how they served us personally, what we found to be really reinvigorating and, you know, whatever else comes up. So Charlie... I'm going to kick it off to you right away. How was your sabbatical and how did it serve you? 
Well, first off, I want to just share as well that when we say sabbatical, we're talking about the specific ConvertKit benefit that you get after you've been yes. at the company for five years. That's why we were able to take you know an extra month off this year, which is pretty exciting. My sabbatical was wonderful. And quite honestly, I felt like it wasn't long enough. I think that from the outside, taking a whole month off, like you only have 12 of them in a year and you take one whole one off, that feels like a large chunk of time. But when I was in it, <laughs> And as I was going through it, it didn't feel that large. I felt like it took a while to fully wind down and like fully disconnect. And then I got to live in that for a while. And then maybe it was like five days before the end of it, I started feeling like, oh, it's ending soon. And that sort of like took me out of it again. So mm-hmm. yeah, a month is not as long as you think mm-hmm. is the first takeaway, I would say. It's like a sleep pattern. Like there's only like out of eight hours of sleep, there's like that one hour of REM sleep. Yes. It's actually the good part. <laughs> and the rest is just like mm-hmm. getting to sleep, waking up from yeah. sleep, you know, Yep. whatever. Oh man. But also that panic, you know, you're like, you can't, you're so focused on the amount of time that you need to sleep or the amount of time that you have. And then that panic, like you said, you're like you were a week out and you were thinking, oh my gosh, I have to go back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think another thing I learned was that I needed more rest than I realized and that it wasn't until I did slow down that I noticed how tired I was and how burnt out I was and that Mm -hmm. the break was not just like a fun option for me, but that it actually felt necessary once I was in it. Mm. What about you, Haley? Charlie actually proposed sabbatical for me because I'm kind of transitioning into a new-ish, old-ish, new-ish role at ConvertKit. And this is a great transition between what I was doing before and what I'm doing now. And I honestly wasn't prepared or hadn't thought about taking this time as a sabbatical. And it ended up being the perfect time because I was able to truly check out. And then I knew when I was going to come back to work that I was going to be tackling new problems that's kind of the backstory to the sabbatical for me. But that said, I feel like for me, I was at a stage of life where I didn't want to take my sabbatical because I was like, I've got to do something really cool. I've got to like, I've got to go to Spain or I've got to like go to the Maldives, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not in the stage of life where that's going to happen for me right now. (laughs) Meaning I've got three kids. My husband also works. And so it just was not a practical thing for me. So I had built up this time in my mind And the thing that I I really am trying to get across is that a staycation, which is what I had for my sabbatical, really served my soul really well because I was able to be present in the life that I live day to day. And sometimes I feel like I can not live there. You know, I I don't get to sit in my day-to-day time with my kids and things like that. So it really allowed me to like reconnect with being just like a mom and also a wife. And I thought that that really served me really well. And I ended my sabbatical with a girl's trip, which there were zero um, children involved. And also we weren't allowed to talk about our children. Like there was no talking, no sharing photos. It was like no kids allowed at all, which was just fucking great, you know, and I love my children, but you know, it was like a great end to my month long sabbatical, but it also felt very much too short. What are you planning for yours, Miguel, that's coming up? Are you doing a staycation like we did or are you in travel mode? Well, I don't have kids. So what I'm hearing Haley say is I need to go to the Maldives. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm going to set sail or whatever, however the hell I get there from Florida. Honestly, I've thought of this as an excuse of like, okay, how often do I actually get a sabbatical as far as convert is concerned every five years, right? So, but 
who knows when this opportunity will come again. And by the time I would probably qualify for another one, maybe I would have kids then who knows, you know? So Mm. it's just like, do I feel like I pressure myself to be like, I have to make this a big deal, use this as an excuse to do something I normally wouldn't do. And I think I'm landing somewhere in between that and a staycation. So maybe go somewhere I haven't gone before and something I normally wouldn't do, but maybe for like a week to 10 days and then spend the rest of it, but maybe before and after, like right in the middle when I'm in the meat of it in that REM sleep part of it, just like fully into somewhere really cool. And then before that, I can just hang out. And after that, I can just hang out. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. But one thing I did want to point out is I thought it was really clever the way that you did it, Charlie, is that uh, I don't know if it's cheating or not, but you set up a lot of things in Slack with like (laughs) where you sent messages that were timed ahead of time to remind people of things. So it was kind of like a way of like, all right, if you're going to take a month off and let's say to give somebody some advice, if if you're worried about walking away from your business, especially since we've talked about before about how being there week in and week out and like, you know, being, making sure that there's always something coming out because of the algorithm or because, you know, it's a weekly newsletter, like setting things up beforehand so you, that you can walk away without fully turning off the spigot for your fans. So that's kind of what you did in a way for work is that you took advantage of the Slack ability to, scheduling schedule a message and then so it was weird because i was like i knew you were on vacation on sabbatical and then out of nowhere i would see a message from charlie and i'm just like the <laughs> fuck is she doing here and i'm like oh, oh, oh she scheduled it like two weeks ago okay that's really clever yeah that's a really good point actually miguel for creators especially because and like in my role and in all of our roles at ConvertKit, it's not like the needs stop coming up when we're out for a month. Like we're still responsible for all the same things we're normally responsible for. And planning to take time off was a big part of making that successful and honestly allowing me to fully check out as well. I don't think that I would have been able to switch off from work as much if I hadn't planned, okay, who's going to handle this thing I normally do? Mm-hmm. Who should someone go to if this thing comes up, which could happen, it's happened before. I like tried to plan for that. Scheduling messages was part of it. And having that in place not only kept things running, but it allowed me to rest better as well. Yeah, I really thought that was a great idea. Honestly, I forgot that Slack would let you do that, scheduling messages. So that's (laughs) pretty cool. And there's plenty of like social media scheduling tools for creators to keep stuff going while they're on a break too. Charlie, how would you have done that differently if you were taking a sabbatical from, because I know you spent a lot of time on your side hustle during your sabbatical as well. At least I'm guessing that. I feel like you did. You didn't stop work. Yes. I took a full week and a half off from doing anything where I got it. My tasks for the day were do a jigsaw puzzle, read a novel, (laughs) Um, (laughs) go to the beach. You know, that was lovely. So I did take intentional time off of creating as well Mm -hmm. because I think that um I don't know even though creating is something that I feel inspired to do and that gives me energy it still takes a lot of energy Mm -hmm. to put into creating right yeah and just because something's fun doesn't mean it's not draining you and that you don't need a break from it and yeah enforcing that time off on myself was important because there was times where I was like oh there's an idea maybe I could just you know yeah I was like nope you can do that next week Not right now. Now you're resting. (laughs) Yeah. How would you have done it differently with, you know, if you were taking four weeks off 
of all things Charlie Murray. Yeah. How would you have done it differently than you did it with ConvertKit? I think that because my YouTube channel at the moment is not super consistent, I would have been fine with like just not uploading for a month. But I probably would have pre-scheduled my newsletters, uh, like written them in advance so that they can, mm-hmm. you know, be scheduled and convert good and just go out by themselves while I was off. And probably honestly on the same thing, just uh, applied to my side hustles instead of my work at ConvertKit. Mm. Did you work on your side hustles at all, Haley, while you were off? I did work on a side hustle that I'm I'm launching with a friend. And then I dreamed up actually another one, one of my mentors and I are going to launch a podcast actually about mentorship. Cool. And so we talked a lot about that, which was really great. And it just like kind of gave me the opportunity to think about myself as, yeah, think of myself as a creator outside of just what I do at ConvertKit, which was really helpful. And the two are two totally different things, which is really fun because the podcast is, you know, like this, it's a little bit more creator focused. And the other side hustle is like a direct, another direct to consumer physical products business. So, but yeah, I did get some good time on that, but to be completely candid, I tried really hard not to be on my computer at all, like at all. Mm -hmm. The most screen time that I spent was on, I bought a Kindle and I'm obsessed with it. Okay. I had one of the like OG first original Kindles, like very first one that came out. And I hated it. I thought it was the worst thing ever. Like it was terrible. The user experience was bad. Going from page to page was slow. And so, I mean, that was so long ago, so long ago. In fact, I think it might've actually been in college, like 10 years ago. Like it was, it's been a minute. And I remember buying it because I used to travel for volleyball a lot and I didn't want to like have books with me. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, late college. It it was a long time ago. The first Kindle was released in 07, so 15 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So it was like an OG. It was an early, early Kindle. So I... Yeah. I still have it too. <laughs> I don't know why I have oh, it. Oh, you hated it so much you kept it. That makes so much sense. You kept it for 15 years. It's because I bought a Cole Haan leather case for it. Okay. Jesus. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I felt bad getting rid of the case. You went all in on this thing before you even knew you liked it. Yeah. And I hated it. Anyways, I bought one <laughs> on Amazon Prime Day. Okay. I bought a new paperweight. And I think it's the greatest thing that's happened to me in a really long time. Because on my sabbatical, I read seven books and I was like in four weeks and I just genuinely rebuilt that habit. And so if I had to say one of outside of like spending time with my kids and reconnecting with them also during summertime, so they're off and not in school, that was really special. But outside of that, that was the best thing I did is I built habits over my sabbatical. I built my own personal habits. So I... I got back into, I've always worked out. I was a college athlete and I got back and I used my Peloton, but I started lifting weights again, which has been really fun for me and good. And so I built that habit back. And then I read a lot of out, a lot every day there. I don't think there was a single day that I did not pick up my Kindle and read. And I, that was like, that's one of the best things that came out of this for me was habit building to be honest. Can I share a fun habit that I built yes. on sabbatical, which is going to the beach on weekdays. Drinking? Oh yeah. I That was a habit that I had before, <laughs> so I didn't need to work on that. No, going to the beach on weekdays was a new thing I started on sabbatical. And I found myself lying on the beach one day because I live in Valencia. So we're like on the, the coast of Spain, swimming in the Mediterranean. It's lovely. And I was lying on the beach feeling like, damn, I'm so sad this has to end. And then I was like, 
why does it have to end when sabbatical ends? I don't start work until like 11 a.m. noon because I'm in meetings until 7 p.m. my time. So I could realistically go to the beach for an hour or so and read and swim in the sea in the morning. And that was me making a decision of something that I wanted to bring from sabbatical life back into work life. Mm. And I've done it. I've been to the beach each week so far in one morning. And uh, it's a habit that I want to keep up because I think it's important to get that type of rest for me as well. I love that. That is really good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you have long days because of your meeting schedule and you're also working super late. So like what a great meditative place to spend time in the mornings. And one of the things actually, it's funny, the first thing I almost feel like I became desensitized to things that I was doing that were inefficient during my work Mm -hmm. day before sabbatical. So things like not setting, and I know not everybody uses Slack, especially if you're like, you know, a solopreneur for our business at ConvertKit, it's really important, but there are equivalents to this and everything. But I became desensitized to things like those Slack dings. You know what I mean? It was like, I just heard them constantly and they would distract me or I'd have so many windows open or I was not super organized and like my desktop or setting my time zone, you know, or setting myself as a way, things like that. And now I find myself coming back and feeling like I need to be more hyper organized so I can be more efficient with my time because I feel like in a weird way, sabbatical helped me prioritize my time again. Yeah, It helped me recognize the importance of my time. And there were definitely times I know we've all experienced this where you open up your phone to look at something and then all of a sudden you find yourself scrolling and you're like, wow, two hours just went by. Well, to me, sabbatical, because I knew that the time was limited when I would do something like that, that I felt like was really inefficient. I felt like I was, I felt like I was wasting this valued and well-deserved time that I knew was limited and I didn't like that feeling. And so now I find myself coming back and being like, okay, I need to build better routines. I need to go into base camp every morning and read and then I'm going to schedule my day out a little bit differently and I'm going to be more organized. Charlie, I know you kind of had this to where you figured some of this out maybe like six months ago and you were really intentional about changing your your day-to-day schedule. I know you worked with a business coach on a lot of that, but that's what's another thing that sabbatical did for me, which I think was really helpful is it helped me prioritize my time because I know how valuable it is. That's what, again, why I think it's important to take a break as a creator because it can help you spot those inefficiencies or notice where there's something that you're doing that isn't serving you because it takes you out of the... The routine you've built, which may be good or may be a bad one. You may be in some bad habits. Yeah, it seems to me that like there's this fallacy that we feel like the only way that we can be productive is if we're actually actively doing something. Mm. And uh, we forget that not doing something can be just as helpful to a process. Mm. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for example, if if you work out, rest days are important. Mm. If you work out every single day and just bust your ass every single day, you're not giving your body the time to recover. Not only is that not healthy, you actually, you don't get as many gains if you don't get, you give your body time to recoup. And it also means that you are less able to do a more vigorous workout because your body's not, you're not giving it the chance to bounce back. Or, you know, if you're creative and you're not giving yourself time to kind of give yourself perspective on your work, if you're already, you're always two inches away from the work that you're doing and you're never taking the time to like put the pen down and take a few steps back and sort of like look at everything as a whole and get a higher view of things, you're always just in the trenches and you can't, you know, you, you very much are in your own way at that point. 
And I find that oftentimes when I'm stuck with something or I'm frustrated with something, I know this is something that on some level everybody eventually discovers, which is, oh, the moment that I stopped trying to figure out the problem and I just like went for a walk <laughs> and then came back, all of a sudden, the you know, I had a great idea or you have writer's block and then you went, took the dog for a walk and had something for lunch and you came back and you were like, oh, here we go. And then that's short breaks. But imagine what a long break can do as well. Mm. Not just walking away and coming back, but walking away, fully disconnecting, engaging with something completely unrelated for a long time, and then eventually coming back to it and getting reacquainted with your work, not just coming back into it, but sort of like kind of re-remembering your routines. And it allows you to question those routines. Like, was I being really efficient? I, I, I know I've done this this way for the last year, two year, three years, but now that I come back to it, this feels really dumb. Maybe this would be a good time for me to kind of like rework some of my systems and my routines and my approach to things. And mm -hmm. that's something that you only get by stopping. Mm -hmm. That was so well said, Miguel. Exactly. And actually, I was going to ask you, Haley, because you said that you kind of started a new creative project while you're on sabbatical. Do you think that the the time and the space and like the freedom of sabbatical is kind of what led that to happen and allowed that idea to bloom? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I, it, it had been something that I had been thinking about for a long time because it's something that I'm really, I was really interested in learning. So I'd been like processing it kind of for a long time, but I was stuck in the mindset of not enough time or I don't, now's not the right time or kind of the list goes on. And so it pushed me over the edge to like really think about whether or not this was something that to me was actually worth doing, was worth my time and to like really journal on that. And it is worth my time. So it was just like figuring that out. And I think I would not have come to that same conclusion if I wasn't on sabbatical. I love that that, that happened for you. Yeah. Like you said, I, I did do a lot of work on creative projects on my sabbatical, but I think it was a good thing because basically what I did each day after my self-enforced rest time where I wasn't allowed on computers <laughs> was say, what do you feel like doing today? Like, what do you feel inspired to do? Is that, nope, I don't want to be on a computer today. We're just going to read and go to the beach. Or is it, you know what? I'm going to start redesigning my website. That sounds fun, which is a real example of a thing that I started doing mm -hmm. while I was sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I just really loved the freedom of that, of mm -hmm. checking in each day, not creating a future plan and just deciding on the day what I felt like creating. Yeah. I also... um got into some hobbies that I've been like waiting to do or things that I knew that I wanted to do. The number of like, I don't know, creative like art type projects or things that I have around my house that I've bought over the years or, you know, that I just like haven't done. And I finally got into them or did them or sat outside of my back patio and like painted with my daughter and just like did watercolors and just like, you know, kind of that kind of stuff was really fun for me. Henry is such a bad influence. Okay. He's such a bad influence on me. <laughs> No, it's a great influence. But or is it a good influence? <laughs> Henry got into medium format cameras, like the old Hasselblad cameras. And then and then I like started playing around with it. And then I got really into them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. I love the process. I started teaching my kids. So my older daughter, Millie, she can like fully load film, unload film. She knows like full manual mode. So that was really fun for me. And then I've just been taking a lot of like photos on film. But the reason why I like that process is because it was a slow process. It wasn't something that was rushed. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really fun, like creative outlet for me that I've really enjoyed. 
And the reason why I say Henry's a bad influence is because it's fucking expensive. Okay. <laughs> Film is expensive. It is literally like 16 to $20 a roll. And then it costs like $10 to develop for the role. And you had to buy the camera. You know what I mean? Like it's a very expensive hobby. Okay. But I've just like really enjoyed it. Like really enjoy it. And it just like brings me a lot of joy. And it also removes my mind. I I know everybody knows this because I've talked about it 10,000 times, but I have a ceramic, like a wheel and I like to throw clay and it's cathartic, you know? So those are some things for me that were really, really healthy is that it um, reminded me that I can just slow down and practice a hobby that like actually takes me out of all the stress of the things that I'm doing. And it, so I've, I really enjoyed that as well. Just hobbies. Are you feeling jealous, Miguel, that we've just had <laughs> this time off and we're just like sitting here bragging about it? <laughs> no, it's actually, it's making me more excited about taking mine. Good. Are you guys jealous that I have one coming up and you don't? Yep. yep. It's like Christmas. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the moment that Christmas is over, I'm pissed. Like the day, like at the end, like once the day is done, like the sun starts to set, your family's going home or whatever your scenario is, you're like already mad that it's over. Like the best day of the year is Christmas Eve because Christmas Eve is magical. And then Christmas day is coming up, but December 26th sucks. You know what I mean? And so it's just like... Unless you live in New Zealand or England where we have Boxing Day, where the ah, celebrations continue. <laughs> Boxing Day. <laughs> For all those that do not celebrate Christmas, I don't have a... You, I'm sure there's a... I know there is a relevant example, a similar example. But for me, that's like what sabbatical coming back is like. I'm like, damn, five more years? <laughs> Something I actually learned from sabbatical was how much I need to take longer chunks of time off. Mm. And I think that this is something that I'm going to do as a creator as well, is not feel guilty about taking breaks from uploading or creating more content when I feel like it and when I notice that it's needed because I know how great it you can feel after it and that yeah. pushing through is not the best way yes. to get through burnout. Yes. So I'm planning on using the remaining you know, vacation time I have this year to take like a two to three week chunk off in the second half of the year won't be a sabbatical, but it'll be, you know, a, a longer break, which will be nice. Cause I usually use my vacation time to take like long weekends and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the same with my upload schedule as a creator, I'll like miss a week, but I won't miss a month, you know, mm. when it comes to creating things. Something I really like a practice that I know a lot of companies do, I'm speaking of Nike in particular, but I know that they do like forced and Adobe does this as well, but they do forced weeks off, which I think is really cool, but it'll be like times when the business is slow, you know, summer and they're just like evaluating their entire team and they're like, nope, this is everybody is off at the exact same time because then nobody has the stress of having to deliver something to a teammate or in our case, right, with sabbatical, we all had to find somebody to take over something on our behalf because we operate on a small team and that's just the reality of what our business looks like. But I really love when large companies have the capacity to do that and they do that, you know, take, then it actually gives everybody the freedom to truly, truly check out without feeling guilt that they're leaving their team behind. And like you said, those happen in generally slower times for the company. So maybe that's a thing that we can do as creators as well is look at mm -hmm. when are the times that you're getting less views and less engagement anyways. Yeah. And maybe you could just plan to take some weeks off then and uh, truly rest so that you can get back in into that hamster wheel later on. <laughs> yeah. 
One thing I also wanted to talk about real quick as we're closing out here is sometimes I worry that in order to prepare for the fact that I'm going to be away, and then also when I come back, as you guys recently did, and have a bunch of work that may have piled up while I was gone, I find it difficult to get excited about time off because it means a ton of extra work before I leave and a ton of extra work when I get back. And I don't necessarily enjoy that. I like kind of like spreading out things like that over time instead of just like getting punched in the face and having (laughs) moments of high stress. I know you guys are now just coming back. And you said earlier, Charlie, that you've been back for a week, but you still feel like you're catching up. And Haley, you're back as of two days ago, and I'm sure you're just still in the shit. So like, is there any advice that you can give about what you did to prepare and maybe ways that you can you know, prepare, but not in such a way that the week before you go is just hell. And then also hopefully make it so that the week you come back isn't just like scrambling either. Yeah. One thing I did was tell everybody that when I came back, I was going to be declaring Slack and Basecamp bankruptcy. (laughs) I'm like, look, if you've direct messaged me, I'll see it. But if it's like in a thread somewhere, I ain't checking that. I'm not going to see it. You'll have to like (laughs) note it down to follow up with me when I'm coming back. And I think that helped me with the notification sort of overwhelm of coming back. And as a creator, something you could do is just tell your audience that you're taking a break so that they, if they come on your profile, they want to message you, they see that your latest tweet, your latest post is like, I'm going to be off for this time. And then they won't expect you to be responding in the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's something that could help. Yeah. I don't know if I have a good answer for this. I'm going to be honest on that. I'm like trying to think of, for me, it's a little bit different because I'm switching. Like I closed out almost all of my previous responsibilities and like I'm moving into totally new responsibilities. So I feel like I'm starting a brand new job. So it's a little bit a little bit different because I'm starting from scratch. I'll also say that I also don't have a good answer for the advanced planning because I for sure stress myself out with it. Yeah, I do have it a piece. Okay, go for it. There were some things that I knew I needed to get done. For example, reviews. I actually really tried hard to get my review done before I left. We do reviews every six months. Charlie was my boss, so she would be the one that was reviewing it. And I honestly, it was one of those things where I itemized, I organized all of the things that I needed to get done. And I certainly don't want to deprive or, you know, say that that's not an important thing. But on my particular list, I just couldn't get to it. And I had to be okay with that. And I knew that it was something that I could do when I was back. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think what my piece of advice would be, would be, There may be things that you won't be able to get done if you create this long list of things and that you just have to do it in order of importance. And you also have to be okay. Like these are the things that if they don't get done, it's not going to be the end of the world. And it's actually not going to cause like there were other things on my list. For example, we're going to an event, uh, FinCon in September in Orlando, and they were like have to do's or else we could not go. Right. So it would have a business impact. And so I organized it based off business impact. And there were some things that I let go. And then I tried my best to just be like, I'll get to it when I get to it. So that's my piece of advice. Great piece of advice. Wonderful. Well, we don't have any listener shout outs today, but this is your friendly reminder (laughs) that if you are a regular or one time, and uh, this is great to talk about. Miguel, did you have listener shout outs while we were out? I sort of transitioned them into just general shout outs. Ah, So they can be listener ones, but sometimes we just shouted out something that we thought was 
cool or something that ConvertKit was doing or something like that. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll transition into that. Charlie, you have anything cool? <laughs> oh, great. Way to put me on the spot. <laughs> oh, sorry. The ConvertKit sponsor network. That's pretty cool. Yes. I've been able to be a part of that as a newsletter creator, and it's been fun to get access to sponsorships that I wouldn't have normally like made those contacts myself. And it's fun to see all the brands who are signing up to be part of it too. So mm-hmm. I think it's convertkit.com slash sponsor if you want to know more about that. Yeah, actually, if anybody um, that is listening to the podcast is in the fintech arena or, you know, the finance blogging space, um, we are going to be at FinCon in early September with Armando, who leads our sponsorship network team. And the whole purpose of us actually going to that conference outside of connecting with our, our customers is to serve the sponsorship network, is to meet new sponsors and is to meet customers that would be a good fit for that. So if you have any or questions about it, you can definitely email me and I can get you in touch. Um, But we'll be there in September. So, all right, friends. Well, next week, to be, again, completely transparent, we are working out the content schedule, but we will be back next week, the three of us. And so we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.